What it is, what is up, what is good gamers? This is Kevin, a.k.a. Shonuff71, and your auditory canals are tuned in to Season 4, Episode 5 of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. And as usual, I am not in the digital studio alone. Along with me are my partners in crime. We've got Dez, the Bay Area Terror. What's going on, brother? Not much, not much. Uh, Just happy on this sunny, sunny day. Uh, Ready to talk about video games with with my dudes. Uh, Lots of games to talk about. So I'm really excited for this episode. Absolutely, absolutely. And it wouldn't be a show without Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. What's going on, homie? Not much, man. Like Desmond, man, basically. I'm just uh, enjoying this beautiful, nice uh, spring day. Nice sun coming through. And I'm just happy to sit here and talk about our gaming for the last three weeks and all the mayhem of all these releases coming out as well. There's been a ton of stuff coming so out. Many so. Games. so many games. It's a beautiful day, and we're in here talking about <laughs> inside, talking about video games instead of being outside. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah. And I'm, I've, it's, been, it's been raining so much out here. Uh, I'm just glad that spring is actually starting to sp- be sprung. Yeah. Finally, because I'm just tired of this gloomy weather. It's just like, like I know we need, like I know we need the rain. Yeah. Supposedly, like we're all from California, and supposedly California is no longer in the in the drought uh, so far um, because we haven't uh, we've been having so much uh, rain and waterfall. So, so that's I'm happy. Don't get me wrong, I'm definitely happy about that. But at the same time, I'm like I'm really much more happy about the sun. Yeah. So yeah, so after the show, after the show, I am going to be going outside, you know, so. Facts, facts. All right, so why don't we get into our playlist? Let the folks know what we've been playing for the past couple of weeks. So, Des, why don't you kick us off? What you been playing, man? Um, I have been playing a ton of indie games uh, recently. Um... Uh, the main indie game that I've been playing right now, it just came out last uh, last Tuesday, uh, is a game by Nine Dot Studio called um, Outward, and it's uh, I mean, for black of a better term, it's like a adventure sim because the whole premise is you are a nobody. You're not the Dragonborn. You're not you know a reincarnated person with great power. You're just this regular old so and so who goes out and you know is an adventurer. So it's a very interesting take because you can kind of like build a character however you want. There is no leveling in the game. Um, all you, the only way you get stronger is, is, is getting better at the combat because it has like a pseudo dark souls kind of combat um, in that the, the, the enemies hit hard, you know, and, and, and every enemy is, it can be dangerous if you don't uh, prepare for the encounter. And then, um, and then there's different skills that you and trainers that teach you stuff. So, so that's where the variety and there's tons of different weapons and and all this other stuff and their seasons and it's a survival game as well. So you have to manage your hunger, you know, uh, but and your and your thirst level. But it's it's never so daunting of a task that you have to 
that you have to, you know, you know, always be mindful of it. It's not like one of the main things about it. So that's, you know, what I enjoy about it. And I just like, I just like, I just like it, you know, and, and, and it's, it was made by 10 people over the course of four years. It was kickstarted. And, and the fact that four people could come up with a game this ambitious is, is quite a testament to, to people like, you know, working towards their, their dreams and, and, and wanting to, to put this quality content out there. So I'm really excited by it. The game, the game has not uh, been boring at all. Uh, you really have to kind of manage your stuff. So, so I, I'm really, I'm really digging it. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, got another game, Generation Zero. Have not, cr- I've cracked the seal on it and loaded it up. Uh, probably gonna play that later on today uh, yep. with Joe. Um, we're probably gonna dive into it. It's a, it's a looter shooter game um, by Avalanche. And it's just uh, both of these games, you know, were 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 modestly. I mean, they're all independents, and and their their, their cost is moderately. They're, they're moderately priced, so it's just like forty bucks for these two games. I, I think you know, their mileage will vary, but I do think that you know, Outward is kind of a much more robust game than Generation Zero. But hey, four player co op, you can run around shoot robots in Sweden, I guess, which is fine in the eighties. I don't know the it's sure you know I like revisionist history as much as the next guy but I'm just like whatever so I'm kind of interested to see what that's going to be uh what that game Generation Zero is going to be like though I have watched a couple of gameplays I watched a couple of streamers on YouTube um who who play play the game so I was thinking about like you know what's that going to be like so and the last game that I've been playing uh is The Division 2 um and it's been fun it's it's been fun. Joe and I've played it. We're running around. There's a lot more meat to this game than the first one. Um uh the different specialties. Um I don't know. It's just, it's just a fun little, you know, looter shooter. There's shit everywhere to to get to pick up. I don't like there's just like you can't run, you know, more than like 5 feet in the game and there's like something you can loot and and pick up and stuff. So it's just it's interesting. The game is kind of hard. Um which you know, your again, your mileage may vary depending on how hard you want your game to be, but it's not terrible. Um, you just have to utilize the cover system uh, and know, you know, what skills can do what. And you know, granted, I'm still fairly low level uh, because again, there's just so many games coming out and so many uh, different titles that are pulling at your time, and you only have so much time between work and like for, for me, at work, school, and then. Uh, podcasting and all this other stuff so you kind of kind of have to pick and choose but but for my money it's been outward outward has been such a great game right now so kevin what have you been playing well i have been delving back into the wonderful world of destiny Ah, back Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah i've I, i don't know if i'd say i've been hitting it hard i've been hitting it harder than i have been uh recently anyway um Push, I'm pursuing the thorn. I made it through the slog of multiplayer kills that I had to you do. Did that, buddy. I'm like, I, I uh, gotta <laughs> give you much props for that because <laughs> these. Oh quests. man, it's a freaking slog. It's ugh. a freaking slog. And and it, the weird thing is, like, there was like this um, uh, 
cross-sectioning of several quests that I had been trying to do but just gave up on because I, I'm just not going to do this nonsense. <laughs> One was the uh, last word multiplayer requirement where your wins and lo- your, your kill-death ratio affects your progress like severely. I said, you know what? Bump this. I'm not even trying. To, I'm not even trying to finish that. Mm-hmm. Well, while pursuing Thorn, I finished that. The other one was the catalyst for the Jade Rabbit. I'd been trying to get the catalyst to drop for that thing for forever. Like, and, and I'd been hearing different things. You know, you go on YouTube and they say, "Well, you have to use the Jade Rabbit in order to increase your percentage for the." For the catalyst to drop. Oh, well, no, you just have to use any scout rifle. Oh, well, you just have to do this. You have to do that. None of that stuff worked when I was <laughs> actively pursuing the dang thing. So I'm, again, running through trying to gr- do this grind for Thorn. And, oh, the uh, catalyst for the Jade Rabbit <laughs> drops. Wow. So I'm like, okay, great. What do I have to do? Oh, you have to kill 200, get 250 kills in the Crucible. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's like, uh, okay. So while, per, again, while, and I, and this is all in conjunction with the latest uh, Iron Banner uh, season. So I'm like, okay, let me go ahead and um, change my, um, Change my out my 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 gear. So, I got my highest you know gear on as far as armor. Uh, I'm not really worried about you know perks and and whatnot matching up and all that other stuff. It's just raw raw power, right? So I my primary now is a jade rabbit, and my secondary is the inaugural address uh, pulse rifle, which I have a um, masterwork of and the the i have to say i've never used the jade rabbit in pvp a whole lot i mean i was doing it trying to when i thought it what when i thought the uh uh catalyst would drop i used it but the jade rabbit even as it is is a pretty decent scout for pvp um, as long as you can uh, tap folks at range, it's got great stability uh, as it is. The mass, the the catalyst maxes out its stability, which is going to make it even scarier <laughs> for PvP, in my opinion. Um, and the inaugural address is uh, is beast mode. I have uh, kill clip and rampage as the perks on that one. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's a masterwork. Uh, it's stability. It's a uh, stability. It's a stability masterwork as well, and that thing just just chews chews folks up. I've I've been averaging about like eighteen kills per per match, and that is a lot for me because I suck at PvP. Go on, Kevin. So <laughs> so I had trouble using Jade Rabbit in. Crucible because I'm just not used to using scouts and so that single shot. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so I, it's like being a titan. I'm I'm used to being in people's face, you know, usually with my character class. And 
be able to use a scout and crucible took a little bit of uh, patience and kind of dedication to be able to get those kills on there. And I, I believe I don't even have all the prerequisite kills for my catalyst. So for the, uh, Jade rabbit. So w- mm. when I get back into destiny, not if, when I get back into <laughs> destiny, I'll definitely uh, be able to go and handle that. Hopefully. So, yeah. Um, uh, and I, I'm at, I'm at 80, no 60 kills, uh, for the catalyst there. And again, this is all I'm getting all this while pursuing the thorn. So I finished the thorn multiplayer uh, requirement. At the same time I did that, I finished the last word multiplayer requirement. So th- the last word multiplayer requirement generated this list of several things that you need to do. So while grinding away at Iron Banner, I completed two of the four and the last two things on the list. And I think after you do this, you have to do a a, a strike. Um, uh, It's a solo strike. You you can only go in alone. Um, You you get I have to get um, these crystals from uh lost sector bosses and i have to get i have to stop three uh which uh hive rituals uh for uh heroic heroic hive ritual so i've got to do those last two things and for <clears throat> for thorn the last thing i have to do is this strike it's a re- a strike remix it's on uh, titan the, the the titan strike um, I jumped in, shout out to Surgeon Fire, uh, a couple days ago, uh, we jumped in cause he's at that point for Thorn as well. And that, that, that strike is just a slog, man. It, it, it everything kills you because the, uh, the damage, <clears throat> the damage perks, everything energy does extra damage to you, regardless of how strong you are. So, you got all these shriekers that are spitting spitting their void bolts at you. Uh, you've got ogres akimbo, you know, throwing their little their little optic blasts at you, and uh, it's just uh, we made it to the boss and we got it to the last. And the thing here's the thing that sucks about that: if you beat the boss, if you cheese the boss without killing the two knights, that's that that spring out in this remix you don't get the thorn Aww. you have to kill both knights that's that uh spawn in and if you don't do that eh, forget about it yeah it is it's lame so we got to the point um in our runs of that strike we got to the point where the knights spawned but the boss adds this new element to its um, attack where it sends out these homing bolts and you can't shoot them. At least I don't think you can shoot them. And they follow you everywhere. So not only you have to deal with that, you got to deal with the two knights that are on the stage shooting their, their lobbers, their exploding plasma balls at you. And it's just a, a good grief. So, you know, the only thing that that we can do really is increase and just you know increase the weapons that are that worked for me the weapons that I have access to um I'm also trying to pursue Yodum 
because uh, Jason has Yodam, and that put in put in crazy put in a lot of work. Um, I tried to get Yodam last night. Uh, the way you do that is you have to go to the I can't remember the name of the forge, but it's on the European dead zone. It's all the way at the bottom of the map. And it's the only one that's that far. You have to go, regardless of what uh, frame you're trying to build, and it has to be a powerful frame, regardless of what forge it tells you to build it at, you have to take it to that forge that's on uh, the European dead zone. And if you're lucky, (laughs) you will get that frame and you will get Yodam as an additional drop as an exotic. And Yodam seems like a requirement for difficult uh, scenarios like this because it does bonus shield damage regardless of what the shield uh, your enemy is using. It causes a a burn stasis on your targets and it does ridiculous damage. It's also got homing shots. (laughs) <laughs> so it's all it's kind of like a kill yeah it's kind of like a kill everything uh it's a it's a it's a plasma rifle plasma rifle uh, yeah oh. uh charge yeah whatever they call whatever they call them you know it's like uh uh telesto type type thing you have to charge fusion, the shot fusion rifle. yeah, fusion fusion rifle. Rifle. yeah. and it, it kills it kills everything so he had Jason has one. He said he got. He said he got lucky. He got one on his first attempt. Um, I tried it last night. I didn't get one, so I have one more um, powerful frame that I can get this week uh, with um, eight oh one and try to get that requirement and try and do it again before the reset on Tuesday. Uh, so we'll see what happens there, but. Yeah, I've kind of jumped back into Destiny, trying to get Thorn. And, I, you know, I liked Thorn from the first Destiny. Uh, it was one of my favorite hand cannons. Uh, but, man, again, just like with Last Word, this this slog of trying to get to it is just ridiculous. It's, it's like it, it, it doesn't have to be like this, <clears throat> Bungie. It's, you know, come on, help a brother out here. But the other game that has been taking up the really the lion's share of my time is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Oh yeah. Um uh, wow. Uh this game is probably going to find its way into my top 5 of all time somewhere. Um and the reason for it is because Sekiro solves though and it's not really solved i mean you you either like that genre of game or you don't um i couldn't get into the lost souls bloodborne style of game that from software uh was putting out and it, and it wasn't because uh, the game the games were were hard it's because i didn't like the fact that not only do i have to deal with these difficult enemies learn their patterns i also got to watch my stamina gauge so I can be putting in work and oh because I blocked or dodged or you know do done all these things that take up stamina oh now my dude is tired and he's getting you know haymakered by some by some zombie with a double-handed axe and I'm dead you know that I, I didn't like that 
Well, Sekiro cuts through all that all that malaise and just has you focus on the combat and that's what that was the element that I needed in those uh, from those from games. I don't have to worry about uh, stamina because there's not there's not a stamina gauge at all. You can attack and dodge and run as much as you as much as you want to. But the the focus is purely on combat, and I love that. The premise, the way the system works, is that both you and your opponents uh, have posture, you know, which they which in which they're, uh, and I don't know if that's a real element in in swordsmanship or not. But for a game for gameplay uh, purposes, let's call your posture your shield. When your shield breaks, then you're subject to critical damage, you know, attacking the health. So if you can think of posture as a shield element. So as you're attacking somebody, you're not really attacking them. You're breaking down their posture, their ability to defend themselves. And that's, that mechanic works brilliantly in this game. Um, it is hard as nails. Um, I, you know, it, it makes Ninja Gaiden look like, you know, uh, pony, you know, my little pony, seriously. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Ninja Gaiden 2, the, 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 the trials in Ninja Gaiden 2. I'm talking about the original Ninja Gaiden Black Hurricane Pack. If y'all thought that was difficult, you ain't seen nothing until you start playing Sekiro, it it, it makes uh, makes that look like a cakewalk. Um, the enemies are diverse; their attack patterns are diverse, um, and you just have to be on point. And you can't just block. You can, but again, you have a posture gauge as well. And when your posture goes down, you're subject to critical damage. What you have to do is you have to parry or you have to deflect, which means that just as an attack is coming, you tap the um, the block shoulder button, and it def- it deflects that it, it deflects that attack. Then you have uh, this uh, this uh, kanji symbol will show up for some attacks that are headed your way, which means that you can't block it. You may not be able to parry it, but there is either an evade or a jump that you have to do in order to not get hit by it. Um, this game has skill trees, which from what I understand is kind of unique to from software titles. And the build uh, pro tip for Sekiro, if you're going to play it, build your, your skill tree early and as often as you can. Because it it's almost like a prerequisite. You almost have to have certain skills in order to really beat some of these like mid-tier bosses, you know, mid-level bosses, just big enemies, tough enemies in some in some of the areas that I've been in. So don't hoard um, so don't hoard your points then. Do not hoard your points, no, because when you die, you lose half of what you have. Hmm. So half of the money that you earn uh half of the uh skill 
skill points that you're building up. So when you get enough to get a skill, you got to go to the you got to go to your checkpoint, buy that skill and apply it to the tree. Because when you if you die after a skill is applied, you don't lose it. But any progress that you that you're making toward a skill, if you haven't bought it yet, if you haven't purchased it yet, you'll lose half of that progress with every death. So uh, and then there and the story is is pretty cool too. There's this young lord who has the blood of a dragon in him for for lack of a better word. Uh, this his blood can bring the dead back to life. Uh, these forces are trying to harness his blood for their own purposes, and you play the play the role of Sekiro, which I think they say is wolf in Japanese, and you are his shinobi, and uh, you have you were actually found on the battlefield by this dude named Owl, and Owl trained you in the ways of the shinobi, uh, made you a badass. And basically, he the, he he told you to pledge your allegiance to this young lord who's trying to make you know the world a better place, make Japan a better place. But all these dark forces are trying to harness his blood because they know that his blood can bring the dead back to life. You inherit that ability, and that's where the shadows die twice thing comes in. Um, when that meter is filled, when that blood meter is filled and it's filled by you killing folk, <laughs> uh, you get killed and you can come back. Uh, you can either use that strategically or you can go ahead and just take the loss depending on how far you are from your checkpoint and how much progress you've made since then. So it's completely up to you how you do that. But the more you use your resurrection, the more the sicker the people around you get, meaning the characters that you're going to depend on to, you know, build your the jug that replenishes your health. The the uh, the guy that's working on your prosthetic, he gets sicker. So you have to keep all that stuff in mind and juggle all that because, you know, the more you use it the more it affects those characters. So in theory, I'm guessing that you could run the risk of actually losing those characters that are helping you uh, uh, progress the more you die. I'm not sure if that's really how it plays out, uh, but the only thing I could say, I know I'm taking up a lot of time here talking about this game, but... No, you enjoy it. It is, it. it is... Man, this game is fan freaking tastic. I I haven't I haven't been this challenged in an action game. And, and those who've heard me on Gamer Husbands or have listened listened to my comments on this show, uh, no, I'm a, I'm a brawler snob. I'm a beat 'em up guy. That's my favorite genre of game. And this game has is just such a challenge in a good way and. You know, my your deaths are deaths are always your fault because you didn't you didn't study an enemy correctly. You did your timing was off on your parry. Um, the and, and the way the way the combat plays out, man. That 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 uh, I think the I was telling you, Des, about uh, Lady Butterfly. Yeah. 
that fight plays out like a John Woo choreographed fight. I mean, it, it, if you're parrying and blocking her moves the way you need to be, it just looks it just looks like something that is like like a kung fu theater. Yeah, it, it's absolutely amazing, and you're and, and it's like a contrast in styles, you know, because you're 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 a shinobi, you're highly skilled. But you're just a regular dude, right? And you're fighting these paranormal things that shoot that some of them shoot fire, shoot blasts. You know, you fight this one giant dude who who they call the uh, Jogo the drunkard, and his booze is poison to everybody. Did you say else. Jojo the drunkard, or yeah, it's, it's Jojo or Jungo or something. Okay, it starts with a J. Not our <laughs> Joe though, right? This big old giant. If this guy in real life, this guy must been like this guy looks like he's nine and a half feet tall with this big old giant sword. And he's looks kind of like a like a drunken sumo wrestler. And he comes at you and he's he drinks his bottle of booze and it becomes poison. He'll spit it out at you. He'll spit it on his sword and try and cut you with his sword. One hit from the sword and you're dead, regardless of how much health you got. Uh, so you got to dodge and parry, but that fight with Lady Butterfly, she's like using some kind of kung fu or something. So as you're blocking and parrying, you know you're using this stiff sword style, right? And she's throwing like all these these kui knives at you and shurikens, and she's coming at you with these hard. Uh, fluid attacks and as you're parrying all this stuff it's like a dance is taking place i mean it is just absolutely a brilliant game but it is not for the squeamish as far as those who are turned off by difficulty it, it will hand you your butt and smile at you as it does it so um I know I've taken up too much time, but no, no, I'm, that is what, I'm glad that to is hear you, you know, super been, excited by a game. Yeah, that is what I have been playing this week. So, Joe, why don't you inform the listeners what's been in your rotation, brother? I'm going to go grab my jug of booze and, and go spit everywhere. <laughs> spit on the microphone? Actually, it'd be my jug of Coke Zero is what there I'm going to go grab out of. Yeah. There you go. So, be high off that stuff. So high. <laughs> now as far as the last three weeks of gaming for me um a lot of crackdown three um after we record the show last time i finally dived into it and both me and you desmond were playing co-op for quite a bit of time at least for a week until division <laughs> two came out on that that kind of ended but i'm still playing my single player playthrough on that and so um you know i as much I know, the game doesn't, uh, you know, at first doesn't seem crackdown-ish. Once the orbs start going and once the abilities start going, it kind of reminds me of games past on there. It reminds me very much of Crackdown 1. I even dabbled in Crackdown 1 a bit because I was waiting for a patch for Crackdown 3 to finish downloading. So I wound up throwing Crackdown 1. Uh, via backwards compatibility on the Xbox One and be able to play that for a minute. But uh, um enjoying that quite a bit. And in fact, it's been something where I could throw on and just chill and just go out and look for orbs and uh, 
you know, like there was like 71 orbs in the beginning area. And guess what? I guess finally 71 orbs in that area. I love oh, the you fact finally that caught it. You finally got the I last finally one? caught it. I finally found it. Yeah. So oh, good. I know. You were like, there's you like were a, acting like a fiend for a minute there. I was like, damn. Oh, no, no. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do right old wrongs, basically, because the original crackdown, I believe I got 493 orbs. I had seven missing orbs to get that achievement. And uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah, you never got it, I remember. Yep. And I don't know if I'll ever go back to the old save, but I uh, love the fact that you can go in the menu and be able to um, check that status and to be able to see on that that way if you're a completionist freak if you play too many ubisoft games and uh <laughs> want to clear everything off the map it kind of feeds into those ocd uh kind of um tendencies per se as far as the game itself i mean um driving is mediocre at best on that um that's one thing i'd have to say it's like forcing me to sit there with these uh haphazard vehicles and stuff uh there is a way to elevate your driving skill on there and you wind up uh, evolving a particular vehicle you could summon at any point in time to a um, tank that actually jumps on there and an actual full-blown tank along with a lightning car and uh, the car that jumps that's supposed to cling on walls <laughs> it is buggy as all get out man I, have, I basically have crashed through the world <laughs> at least a couple times <laughs> And with the damn vehicle, so I'm sitting there clinging on the side of a, of a wall, and it literally just turns the entire world on its side, and it's like has this damn dizzying effect enough so where I'm just like, you know, eh. And um, I did at one point during one of my playthroughs go and go to the uh, science building, the big building, the scaled more towards the end of the game on there and i was able to defeat one of the bosses you know right away even though i'm at the beginning of my game and wind up getting this uh uh, particular gun that basically just inverts gravity and that's a very powerful and that's kind of helped my playthrough because it's my like go-to go-to special weapon (laughs) on there so one night too and like i said i was just scaling that building and i was just saying okay i'm gonna do this i looked at my probability because in the menu it actually tells you what your probability of completing a particular um, task on there, and I think my probability was at 20% with these <laughs> skills I had. But um, one thing that's different from the original couple crackdowns, too, is that it has a, a liberal checkpoint system where before, if you're scaling a building and you happen to fall and not be able to go in and find you know, a particular way to. <laughs> you know, grasp onto something on the way down in the original crackdown, you had to just scale a whole damn building again, no matter what, you know, you're stuck basically. So on that. And I also did play on PC too. I happen to utilize the Xbox play anywhere uh, thing. And actually it looks better on my PC than my Xbox one X. Uh, I have a GeForce 1070 and uh, a, a good, you know, GPU, CPU setup. So, I was actually, even though, you know, playing on a smaller screen is not the optimum, I actually enjoyed the fact that I was able to, if I wanted to, to be able to move back and forth between PC and Xbox on there, kind of makes that initiative, you know, kind of stood out to me. It's the first time I've ever utilized that, you know, so, and especially with Games Pass and the whole initiative to bring 
uh, games on other platforms and whatnot. It's just a, it's a, just a different feeling on there. You know, I don't own Crackdown. It's just part of Game Pass, like we talked about before. But uh, I felt compelled enough to go out and buy the $10 steelbook of Crackdown 3 from Best Buy, even though I don't own the physical disc. I figured, you know, I could get the physical disc if I need it later, if I feel like that's just going to make my little collector's item complete if need be. But I'm sure as hell not going to buy it for 60 bucks. I can tell you that's that. That's a right lot. Now. It is a lot. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, with, that, uh, with Microsoft and the way they're engineering and kind of uh, throwing down the Xbox platform, it just seems like Xbox is something I play. PlayStation is something I collect for and enjoy in that fashion so so but uh been playing division two with you desmond and doing some solo play as well while i'm only up to like level nine i believe is where we're at right now kind of opening it up uh, me though yeah I, i think i played some single player on top but um i haven't picked it up in the last few days on there this past week has been just kind of hectic uh with just buying games you know it's like between uh finding a motherload walmart clearance sale uh, doing some flips at gamestop to gather some credit you know there was a trade boost weekend that happened not i think it was last weekend on there so that's the artificial like um four days where they boost up their trade values on certain games and so I know me and you, Kevin, went out and bought some games to kind of get your Sekiro pre-order in place on there. And so I was doing the same thing with uh, picking up some games clearance at Walmart to be able to go ahead and bump up some trade credits So on there. And then I happened to just be picking up games left and right because a bunch of games came out on Tuesday, including Outward and uh, Generation Zero on there. And I, I played Outward with you a little bit, Desmond, um, but... Literally, by the time I fire up my system at night, 8.30, 9 o'clock, I'm half asleep. And my outward playthroughs have not been fruitful so far, unfortunately. I'm at the beginning area still. I actually restarted my character once on there. But I'm kind of seeing the gameplay loop that you're talking about, Desmond. I'm eager for us to play multiplayer so you can help me out on there. And uh, Are you eager to see how the multiplayer really works as far as... Uh, being able to maybe get me leveled up and then maybe uh, both of us surviving together possibly yeah like i'm ready to see i'm ready to play this game with you you know just i mean again it just i like that it's a because you can do true uh dual split screen you know with it and i thought that was a really fun little thing because very few people like there's couch co-op in it and so it's like that's pretty cool for me and uh granted we're going to be playing on on um PSN. Yeah. yeah, PSN. But still, I think it's a lot of fun uh, that we can do that. You know, and what's great about this game is is each person is kind of like you're you're in their world helping them out, progressing their story. But And you can actually steal stuff from them because, like, there's certain things that are in the game that are specifically only, um, only found – like, there's only one in the world. So, so if we're, like, find this one thing and you – you know, or an ass, and you decide to take it, then I'll never get it in my game. So it's kind of funny. So it's just like stuff like that. This kind of makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, but well, one thing I'm impressed by outwards is that it just seems like it's very fluid and it's approach. Sometimes playing uh, games with the ambitious scope that it has, 
Um, a lot of times you'll get that 20 to 25 frames per second kind of janky uh, frame rate on there because it's trying to load in an entire world. And the way they just developed the game, it was just the fact that it, I believe, is running at a high frame rate, probably 60 frames per second and i'm not sure if it's running the same way for you desmond or not but uh it seems like it i mean that's the thing like i mean yeah certain you know the 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 people kind of look like potatoes because that oh yeah been the, a lot the, of time the, the, the art the, doesn't yeah. look like the greatest the character selection <laughs> you yeah. know might as well just throw a wad of paper towels against the wall because that's what your character looks like yeah and that's fine <laughs> you know you usually wear helmets or something so so it doesn't have the most robust character creator but that's fine it's just i don't know i i like the game for what it is in that and that is and what it is was was a was a passion project created by ten people. So I can't be mad at that. <laughs> you know, I just can't be mad at that. So yeah, and I found it funny too that uh, like I was trying to pre-order this game from GameStop, and they even closed their allocation for pre-orders like two weeks before the game came out. Luckily, I pre-ordered at Best Buy on that and I was able to get day one. I know you even have difficulties picking up your pre order, right? You had to wait until I think the day of for them to receive their ship. Yeah, it was weird and they were like I don't know. We can talk a lot about Best Buy and its crazy ass practices. So we won't Oh game stopping me. We definitely won't do that, but it's just like, you know, damn you Best Buy <laughs> well, Best Buy didn't do you wrong. GameStop did you wrong, right? Uh sorry, you're right. Sorry, it wasn't it wasn't um it wasn't uh, GameStop. It was uh, it was the Best Buy. It was GameStop because I yeah. was just like, why, why are you acting like this? Just it's my money. It's, just, it's my game. I already cause... pre-ordered it. Give me a. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, another thing I did since our last episode, basically, I went ahead and I took out my hard drive out of one of my PlayStation fours and uh, installed an SSD drive, and so that went pretty well. On that, I installed an internal uh, SSD uh, 500 gig on my PS4 Pro. And granted, it's not the biggest size, but I'm kind of using that as my um, go to for the games that require a lot of loading, <laughs> you know, like Anthem. You know, we're kind of frustrated with Anthem last show with the load times. And granted, I know it's not a magic pill per se, but uh, for the games I have loaded on my SSD, it's been. It's been nice on there. I know that the stated that the PlayStation 4 Pro is the only system out of the two PlayStation systems that really draw any benefit by having an internal install drive for an SSD. But, uh, you know, uh, just the SSD prices have gone down so much. I think I bought the 500 gig uh, drive for like $79.99. So it's not a bad choice to upgrade to a faster drive if need be. And then I was able to pick up a uh, uh, external, um, what would you call it, like a uh, external dock on there to throw my old hard drive in on there to hook it up via um, USB on there. So, so that's basically what's that. And then anything else I've been playing? Uh, mainly just more EDF5, of course. Still enjoying that game quite a bit, and uh, playing a little Windjammers too on PS4. So. So that's pretty much what I've been up to game wise the last three weeks. So, have you guys win jammers? That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, have you? You mentioned uh, a, a little bit of, of Anthem. Are you guys still into Anthem, or is the 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 
Bloom's kind of falling off that rose. I'm wanting Anthem to, you know, I'm really wanting Anthem to be better. Like I need, I need them to, to really full on, you know, just I need assurances. You know, I just I just need assurances that the game is going to be okay. Because oh. I I ain't got that right now, and I'm a little worried to to spend time in that game uh, world. I'm 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 just a little just a little concerned, Kev. <laughs> uh, for really me, that's really what's going on for me personally. I'm just a little yeah, concerned. for me, I'm was waiting for the patch to come out because of the whole bricking of the PlayStation console and. So and so forth, but now it's just trying to find time to get it into the mix, basically. So, you know, our friend and listener Jason Surgeon Fire on there has been still playing the game quite a bit, and he's kind of talking to me how much he's enjoying it and yeah, he's saying that it. the drop rates have gotten better, and that you know that he's able to get a masterwork of a particular. Uh, I forget which javelin he was referring to as far as which one that he's building up, but uh, yeah, the drop rates have been better and the game is improving ever so slightly. So, you know, especially with all these uh, looter shooters between Destiny 2 and Division 2 and now Anthem, of course, and, you know, it's just hard to find time to play with everything and, you know, work and, you know, trying to and deal with the home life and that kind of thing, you know, having the balance of everything and even playing other games too. So it's, uh, you know, I'll probably go back to Anthem. I don't know, Kevin, if you were thinking about looking back at that game, maybe if it gets cheaper, possibly. Yeah, it'd have to be, it'd have to be cheap for, how, for how cheap is cheap? There. Like, like 10 bucks, like 15, okay. 15, 20. I, I, it's it's just that that shooting and and the the changes that would need to be made I don't think are likely to be patched in mm-hmm. for me personally. Uh, so yeah, it'd have to be one of those fifteen to twenty, and it'd have to be one of those times where I'm not really you know playing anything else hardcore. Uh, so yeah. Well, who knows? I know it's available at Redbox, so just in case you decide to dedicate a weekend or a rental for it, maybe we could all fire up and get back into Anthem, possibly. And listeners, let us know. I mean, if you're playing Anthem out there and you're enjoying it, let us know uh, the aspects of the game you're actually uh, kind of enjoying at the moment. You know, maybe that'll be a kind of nice impetus for us to jump back in if need be. So, okay, okay. you write in at gamingvessels at gmail dot com. So. Absolutely. So we're going to jump into our main event now. We've got uh, two titans in the tech industry that are trying to change the face, the future of gaming by the uh, these new platforms that they're going to be in, that they've announced recently. So we're going to get into that and discuss that a little bit in this main event. Namely, we're going to be talking about Google Stadia. And Apple Arcade, and I guess uh, existentially as well, uh, X, uh, Xbox X Cloud. So we're going to jump into that right now. So Joe, you want to kick us off on on that discussion with uh, some of the articles you've uh, pulled up regarding these recent announcements? 
Yeah, uh, just to kind of cover, just in case you've like you know been hiding in a cave or under a rock or something on there. Um, Google at GDC that just passed announced their uh, game service called Google Stadia on there, and it's basically running off of any device that you have access to that has access to Google, including PCs, Android phones, and Chromecast. Um, devices, you know, Chromebooks, so on and so forth on there. Uh, basically, what they're utilizing is a uh, their centralized servers that will then connect to their controller via Wi-Fi, and you're supposed to be being able to play a game look, like within five seconds on there, uh, loading off of YouTube or other devices on there, uh, basically, and they're promising... That um, that at least you'll have 1080p, 60 frames per second. That you're able to use uh, uh, existing USB controllers and mouse and keyboard, of course, on there. Um, they're able to basically um, at launch will support 4K, 60 frames a second on there, and they're looking at uh, for future proofing this thing, getting up to 8K with an exponential amount of access for GPU and CPU power. Uh, they're talking about that, you know, according to the data centers, that AMD hardware, that they'll have 10.7 teraflops of power Ooh. to have access M to. M-flops. So, M-flops on there. So uh, this conference kind of showed, yet again, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, of course, that was part of the Project Stream that was shown earlier on there. Uh, their controller, of course, looks very much like a Nintendo Switch Pro controller on there with the, of course, We're Gamers 2 uh, Konami code thrown on the back for some godforsaken reason on that. So, um, of course, Google CEO came out, even though he says he's not much of a gamer, he has the golden solution for gaming for everyone on that. Um, so, but, uh, you know... Uh, they pretty much just kind of laid out how they want to kind of go in and, um, you know, start this platform on there. And they actually have uh, started first party uh, development as well with their Stadia development studio on there, which is uh, headed by uh, Jade Raymond. Raymond, excuse me. <laughs> so on there. And she's supposed to be holding their uh, first party studio and working on exclusive games on there. So. They also shown uh, quite a few different games, including Doom Eternal on there with a project like, you know, running off of um, basically that they're showing the different uh, graphical fidelity that Doom Eternal is going to run at 4K, 60 frames a second, with all the bells and whistles on that. So um, as far as how people have been reacting to it, of course, you know, we'll have to see, but I know that the uh, PC Gamer had a uh, particular article saying a lot of developers are kind of a little bit worried and confused about the initiative uh, because of the fact that they don't know that Google didn't announce as far as how you are able to purchase these games, whether it's games you're going to purchase directly from Google, whether it's going to be a subscription service of some sort on there um, that they don't know as far as um, how they as developers are going to get paid if it's a subscription service of some sort on there, if it's going to be just like YouTube, because YouTube runs on a like subscription model to where you get paid by 
the time that a viewer views your content that uh, some people out there, YouTube, um, you know, creators out there tend to create longer videos to make more money. So, and they're talking about that. They're afraid that if it's going to be pay per hour or pay per play on that, that they're afraid that some games are going to try to add some bloat to their game possibly and extend the gameplay ex, uh, experience longer on there to get paid more money if it happens to be a um, subscribe by service a subscription by as far as service versus buying each game on there it might um, not reward people to create a, a game with a story with a you know, beginning and an end to be able to you know make money using the service so on that so I know, Kevin, you have some strong opinions about this, and I don't want to talk about a little bit as far as the technology, but uh, um, what is your overall opinion of this so far as far as I – mean, I know how you feel about it, but you feel technological-wise that it might have some sort of bearing fruit? Uh, Tech-wise, <clears throat> you know, maybe when – our our internet infrastructure is you know catches up with with other parts of the world maybe um but again some of the points that uh, these developers have been have are asking you know and that's you know stuff that I didn't even think of um I'm guessing that I would just figure that they would go off of a similar whatever business model that Netflix is using you know when movies and uh well netflix does a lot of their own original content so uh but when movies get placed on netflix i guess there there is like a predetermined uh amount of money that is exchanged with the movie studio if there is a time you know that i okay we're paid for you know the latest marvel movie i know marvel is all going over to disney streaming but yeah, say we paid we paid X amount of money for this Marvel movie to be in our service on uh, Netflix for X amount of time, and then when that time expires, we'll we, we'll take a look at that contract and see where we stand. Uh, I just kind of assumed that that would be kind of like a similar model to what they're doing here, to what they're doing there. But if the developers are confused on how they're going to be paid for their work, then Google did not do a good job of, they may have done a good job of, well, I don't even know, I think they, 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 they did that necessarily, but they have not done a good job of commuting this platform to the people that are going to be providing the content. That has to happen before anything is when, you know, you they're the ones that you're that content is is going to be the lifeblood of this service um so i think they've got a lot of work to do there um and you know my own personal opinions of it you know to basically sum it up i hope all this stuff dies in a fire i i, I really do <laughs> no no if ands or buts i mean don't I, say I, you really feel kev <laughs> yeah, I, I never thought I would be in a generation of gaming where we have these corporations have convinced us that exclusive don't matter, 
There is nothing that needs to differentiate one box from another. Okay, that's bad enough. Now we've come to the the stage where these corporations are telling us that in order for gaming to evolve, you must now sacrifice ownership of your content. That is bullcrap, in my opinion. That is bogusness, in my opinion. And it is something that I will never be a part of. I hope Google Stadia falls flat on its freaking face. You know, I, I really do. Because this is not where I want to see gaming go. And obviously, this is where the industry as a whole, Sony, Xbox, you know, what, what Apple is doing to to a slightly less poisonous extent, in my opinion, and definitely what Google is doing, uh, that's what they're pushing toward. And I hate that. I hate that. I want to own my content. People are, well, you, you know, will it, you, know you, you stream your movies now and, and, and you digitally download your movies now, so what's the problem? That, okay... When I was playing Destiny, when me and Jason were running that last strike, uh, that last quest for the Thorn, that last portion of the Thorn quest, I got kicked out. I mean, offline, booted off the Destiny server, off of PSN, and the problem of they all said that you're done. was Comcast. <laughs> it was Comcast. Comcast said, you know what? Uh, I'm 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 taking a break, <laughs> and you're trying. These companies are trying to convince us that this is the future. That your gaming experience, whether multiplayer, whether it is a um, an always online game like Destiny, whether it's a single player game like Assassin's Creed, your whole gaming experience is based off your ISP. That doesn't fly with me, especially in this post-net neutrality world that we're living in. We got companies actively pushing for the end of net neutrality and we've got a more than complacent uh, presidential administration that's more than happy to bend over backwards for them to let that happen. And I say, screw all that. I am not going to have my gaming experience based off of whether or not my ISP is going to treat me right, whether they're going to charge me more money to get the gaming tier of internet service that I have to pay more for. Nah, forget that. Mm-mm. I will yeah. go back to my ColecoVision and Turbo Wheel if that happens. They can all kiss the, the, the rustiest part of my ass. Google, Apple, Sony if they push this crap, and Microsoft, all of them. I have no, I want no parts of it. I'm thinking, Kevin, as far as this all this initiative is that I would kind of paraphrase it to like if you were a music aficionado and uh, basically that we're the guys basically game wise that are stuck with the vinyl, you know, turntable and all that that we're not going over to uh, stuff like you know Spotify or uh, Amazon Music to listen to our music and. I kind of feel the same way, you know. I, as far as Google Stadia is concerned, I, it, to me, I only look at it in a way because they talked about moving game saves from platform to platform. 
talking about as far as being able to you know play the same games you play on other platforms on um, stadia on there i will not subscribe to it per se but if it's a point where i could take my chromebook to work and, and continue a game a single player playthrough of a game i've been playing at home or something and be able to move that save back and forth between that and my console or move it back between that and my pc it might be a quote-unquote viable solution in the future and that's the words in the future you know for that i could see where i would use this in a way that i'm able to uh, do that but like you i like to own my games i don't want to do a subscription service i actually want to own the physical item you know granted the CD that comes with a new game nowadays is not the game that we wind up playing, especially for a game like, say, Destiny 2 or another game that has multitudes of different updates. You know, once the game gets delisted and the game gets taken off, it pretty much the game is done for the most part on that. Yeah. So, you know, it's yeah, just... but but it's like I can I can put in Spider-Man. I can disconnect my land from my PS4. I can throw that Spider-Man disc and I and I can play it. Oh, for sure. I can yeah. discon- I can disconnect my land and play Earth Defense Force 5 offline. Of course. And still yeah. play it. Yeah. With this stuff, Hell this to- this new world that they're pushing at us, you have to be online regardless of what game you're playing, whether you're online, whether it's multiplayer, co-op, or single player. Your whole experience revolves around whether or not your ISP is going to act right. And that is the thing that is 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 just insane to me. And people are looking at... at it, People are saying, well, I want Google and I want Apple and I want Sony and I want Microsoft to show me something, that, to, to sell me something that I didn't think I, I needed. And hmm. this is what I, uh, you know, Stadia is what I, I didn't think I needed that I want. I don't want to, I, I was about to say something that wouldn't be nice, so I'm not <laughs> going to say it. But, to me or, or to Google? No, 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 to the general, to the general public. Who is, who is looking at that and thinking that this is a great idea. The problem is, just like the head of Google, when he stepped out there and he said, I'm not a gamer, yeah. <laughs> and this dude is going to tell me what's best for gaming, sorry, bro, you can kick rocks. Um, this He is talking to soccer mom Susie, who is out there with her, with playing her Candy Crush and trying to get her and her husband to plug into this Stadia nonsense who have no interest in gaming other than what's on their touch tone phone, their, their touchscreen phone. And they're trying to integrate that with the traditional box-based or portable or, or dedicated portable-based gaming culture. And they're trying to infuse the two and thinking that they're just going to make all this this tons of money and that you know nobody cares about owning your your content nobody cares about always being online because you're always online anyway no bro destiny is always online but that's the nature of the game i'm going into it knowing that if my isp is dropping i'm not going to have a good experience but at the same time i can jump into any other game in my library 
that is not multiplayer, on, that is not online, always online. I can throw in God of War. I can, I can throw in Horizon Zero Dawn. I can throw in Fist of the North Star, any game in my library, and enjoy that content without, an online, uh, without it being online and have fun. So if my ISP says, screw you, I can still enjoy gaming. With this, you can't do it. You can't do it, and and that's where and that's my problem. And everybody that's 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 trying to talk this up as some as the biggest thing to happen in gaming since a pong or what I saw. I saw some idiotic. I can't even remember where I saw it. <laughs> and it's like, okay, no, mm-mm. y'all can keep that. Miss me with that nonsense. So, yeah, but yeah. I- well, the thing about Apple's thing, and it wasn't really paying attention because I am not an Apple device owner, is that uh, basically they're coming up with uh, some exclusive games on there and that uh, you're able to download the game, play on your device to be able to enjoy offline or online on there. So that's another thing that both PlayStation uh, Now and uh, Xbox Games Pass is offering also is the ability to be able to go ahead and download certain titles, certain games on the service on there. That way you can play offline on there. And I'm be kind of curious because especially the way Stadia works, there's no way to per se download a game onto anything because it's supposed to play online, of course. But if at some point they introduce some sort of box to be able to uh, download something to to be able to play offline possibly. but That would go against their... That would go against would, their, yeah. their idea of wanting to do it online. It, it's all about. I know. It's all about being able to play anywhere, quote unquote. Yeah, and so they're yeah. going to. They would anything that anything that that anchors a player uh, to a specific place would go against their 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 design philosophy, in my opinion. That's yeah. why I think we're going to see you know a lot of a lot of these games that are going to be able to be to be streamed. Um, and games like um, Path of Exile and all these games that are that are uh, a service is going to because like that's what it that's what it comes down to. It's like it's like yeah. you're, you're you're buying you're buying a service you're, you're you're buying into a service and it only it's only a matter of time until Google starts starts making their own games that will run on their platform. Um, yeah, and so and when you have people like uh, what's his name? Jeff Bezos, you know, by uh, wanting to buy companies and wanting to to look at gaming, it's because you know these th- there's money there, you know. Yeah, and, there's money and, to be made. Yeah, there's money to be made there, and and it's all about wanting to keep that money in house, and so yeah. that's why I'm really you know worried that that publishers will no longer be relevant when when you can just buy it directly from 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 a person who has uh, or a company that has a um an online type of presence i mean i mean in the future we could just be buying you know games from amazon you know and then and so or 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 all microsoft games because they publish their own stuff you know so we just have to be you know, uh, aware that this is definitely a possibility that could, that could happen. And I'm just like, so, so while I am, while I'm kind of cool with, with, you know, Microsoft and these, and these larger companies buying, 
these smaller companies, um, I'm just worried that by doing that, they're kind of, you know, bottlenecking it so that they're the, they are the only game in town. And, um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I look at the stadia, which is a terrible name in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I that. And, then I, and then you, and then you look at the, um, the, 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 the discless, uh, Xbox thing that's coming out and you just like, you know, like, I just, I don't know. I just, I see the, I see the benefit of it, you know, but I also see the loss and, and the, and the, the fear, you know, that you always have to be, you know, you always have to, you know, worry about like, will, will my connection be okay to play this game or, or what happens if, if my connection fails or, or, or what happens if, if, if I get a game, I can't share it with Joe, you know, Joe has to go in and buy the game, you know, um, or, or God forbid, it's this weird Google game. I hope they don't call it Google games or some shit like that. Google (laughs) games. Um, and what you have to basically, you know, you know, I mean, because Microsoft set the precedent when they, when they said uh, we're going to do uh, Games Pass. So, and if people are willing to, to do that, and they're seeing, and they're actually making money, and it's a money turning, why, why not? Why doesn't Google do that? You know, as well, and follow that platform. So, uh, I would assume it's going to be a subscription service of some sort. Yeah, and tell the yeah. God's honest truth. So. Yeah, it'll probably be a subscription service because they want you to pay for this monthly because there, there's, there's more money to be had over a year than a one-time transaction. I think that's what people are trying to get away from. <laughs> Um, and then they still own the content. They still own your experience. They still own how they curate your experience, you yeah. know, by, by giving you, you know, little downloads, by giving you little updates, by giving you little, 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 little. Instead of, instead of getting like a full fledged game experience that you can just play and be done with, it's this sort of like dripping effect, you know? Yeah. And, and that's personally for me, I don't like that. Like I, for, for me personally, I don't like that. I, 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 I miss the days where I can just kind of play a game and be done with it. That's one of the reasons why I'm kind of like have stepped away from destiny a little bit, because it seems like this, this dripping of content and just like, uh, sometimes I just want to play a game and be done with it. You know, so but that's just me. And yeah, and, but but these companies want to make every experience just like that. Yeah. If it's single player, we're going to drip the content. If it's multiplayer, we're going to drip you the content. If it's if it's a, a an online MOBA or mobile light like Destiny, we're going to drip that content and. Everybody seems a lot of folks seem to forget whenever you buy something digital, whenever you're part of a of a service, a streaming service of any kind, when you click on that agreement way down at the bottom, they say they have the right to revoke content at their leisure, revoke your access to that content at their leisure. So all you're buying is just the right for for you to utilize that content from them at that moment in time that's all you've got yeah you've just you're you're just you've you've purchased a license you've purchased some words and it's all based on good faith that they're going to do you right by this service by this content by this digital download 
and you know, with it, 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 the the fact that that it's money that's being turned over, real world money, and you're not getting anything back. You're not getting all you're getting is you're you're utilizing that content in a space and time. Yeah. I can't take that content out or set it aside or or turn it off or or and then go back to it whether I've got an online connection or not. Now, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm an Apple guy. I've got an Apple PC, I've got a I'm not PC, an Apple computer, an Apple phone. I'm tied into that that whole thing. I think Apple's idea for arcade I don't like it either. The only thing that I would say is that if they stick to their guns and say that you can play that content offline, it's slightly better. But I think, and here's the thing that folks, that, that, that Apple does, and I think they do it better than anybody else, is their apps are geared for whatever Apple platform you're using it on. If you're buying an app that, uh, on your phone and you want to use that same app on your tablet, there is a tablet-specific app for that. So they're going to—I think—they're going to be pushing content and and games because I watched it, and all those games look like the type of stuff that you can play with a touchscreen fairly easily without too much trouble. You know, turn-based stuff. Uh, story-based stuff, you know, like, uh, you know, kind of like that uh, uh, Walking Dead type type content. Uh, didn't see a whole lot of action-based stuff. I'm not, I, there might have been some stuff that I'm just not remembering, but I didn't see a whole lot of that or, or any at all. They're looking at content that's geared toward that mobile user. And as long as they stick to that, and as long as they promise to allow that content to be available offline, it's a it's a better, in my opinion, a better a better uh, uh, variant of what something that Stadia is doing. Because you know, I know that whatever I, I don't game on my iPhone at all. I don't game on my Mac uh, at all. But if I'm going to, if I was going to go that route, I'll know that that gaming app is geared for that platform that I'm using, that device that I'm using, and they do it better than Android. Let me say what you will about Android and its in its usage, um, the the apps and how they scale to the device pale in comparison to what Apple does. And as long as they stick to that and don't get outside of that lane. I'm okay. It's not a service I'm going to use because I don't game on my Apple devices, but I think they will have greater success because they are catering toward that existing Apple customer who knows what to expect from their apps from the Apple store. So, oh, we got games now. Okay. They know that that game is going to be curated for the iPad, for the, for the iPhone, for the Apple TV, for whatever Apple device that they've got. So, but but this other stuff, nah. Uh, 
me, I'm okay with it, but it's not going to be my main gaming platform of choice. I could see a, a choice for soccer moms out there, kids that want to play Fortnite. It's all going to take a next game like Fortnite to come out that will kind of transcend a bit that might help this platform kind of uh, take off on there. Because to me, it's like if I was a parent and I don't have a game console in my house, and <laughs> I could just buy a controller and hook it up to whatever device I have, a smart TV, that kind of thing. You know, that's kind of how I'm really and truly, if we talk about earlier in the show and I talk about playing Crackdown 3, I've been enjoying that game quite a bit. And guess what? I don't own that game. You know, it's just part of my Xbox Live um, Games Pass on there. And so I'm kind of taking the same approach with Games Pass and Xbox right now. I don't look to buy a physical disc with uh, my Xbox on there. If it's part of Games Pass, it's cool. That's what I'm looking for with Microsoft. On there, they decided to give me all of their content for nine ninety nine a month, and obviously not all I'm their content. There. Remember, it's yeah, a curated experience. You get of what course. they give you, and I think that's uh, something that a lot of people don't want, though. The thing about it is, I do have choice though with other platforms. At the same time, I'm an enthusiast, and so therefore, I'm selecting to you know obviously, like say for instance, I own. You know, I have a subscription to Amazon Music, but then I also have a CD player. And, you know, I've obviously I still buy CDs and still buy the music artists and the albums I want. But at the same time, if I'm on the go and want to stream something, I have a choice to be able to go and go to my app and be able to, you know, pull music out of the cloud. And then since I'm not a, you know, audio enthusiast, you know, as far as it being in a particular fidelity, I don't really care at that point in time. I'm just, you know, going via bluetooth over to my car stereo or you know putting on a pair of headphones and just having to go at it so and so and I, game pass gives you the option to own that content independent of whether you stick with game pass or not oh i know you could download yeah, and, it for a discount you know for and a i discount. have that option right. yeah and the thing about stadia that i'm kind of worried about too and the developers and the one article i was reading saying if they develop a game specifically for stadia and utilize the server uh, banks that they have access to as far as this infinite uh, gaming, you know, as far as uh, computing power, how are they going to port that game over to something to where they could throw on the disk or have it available for you to be able to own? That's the developer's reluctance on using Stadia as a development platform. Because that's not the point. Yeah, no, it's not the point. The thing about it is for them, though, to be able to take their content that they're working on and developing on there and then be able to actually take it to where they're going to sell it on a PlayStation platform or an Xbox platform. They might not be able to do that on there. So I'm just kind of curious if some developers play into that particular uh, platform, whether they're going to actually be all in or whether it just depends on the situation. I mean, if I was a... A developer, or I wouldn't want to. I probably wouldn't want to do that because you're 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 developing for this specific thing, number one, and and you don't own that thing. You know? Yeah, you know, it's like you don't. They don't own it. You know, they're. Yeah. it's like it's like you're developing for something that's not gonna that's not gonna be around. Like I, I just yeah. don't understand. I just don't understand it. You know, it's like it's like they're gonna hire these people. They're gonna work on a game for this platform, this Stadia platform, 
And then are they going to maintain it or is Google going to maintain it? Is it, is it, is it actually just a straight up game and that's it? I mean, you know, there's just a little things that I'm like, like, I like, it's a lot, a lot of unknowns right now. And we'll have to see how it kind of develop, you know, this is their concept and it's, there's execution. Of course, it's only been executed with one game, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You know, I had to happen the chance to do the projects during beta and play Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but uh, you know, I was doing it for the uh, promise of a, <laughs> a physical download <laughs> to be able to go. Well, how did it play? play it my... I mean, because like you're it in play, a unique it, position it because well. I haven't. It I haven't played, played well. It. I mean, if if that was my only access to that game, I would have been happy to have played it on my out of my Chrome browser. But at the same time, I don't want that to be my only option. Like I said, this is something to where if I'm able to get a Chromebook and fire it up at work and play for a half an hour and then bring my same save home and then be able to throw it onto my PlayStation, well, that'd be great for me. But it would be the PlayStation though. It would be it would be through your computer. Yeah, you know that's the thing. It's like you you have to divorce yourself from from the idea that you're going to be playing it on a console. You know, on on like. Uh, like Xbox or PlayStation, you know, this is and be... divorce yourself from ownership, whether physical or digital. That, that yeah, too. Like you, you, you and won't that's own it. where I have my problem. Yeah. I, I would definitely have the problem with it as well. If it was a game as a service game like Destiny, where I'm having to connect to a browse, you know, a particular server to be able to play on there, it'd be one thing. But if it's an actual game, I mean, I'd prefer to have, like we talked about, Kevin, where it's, I'd rather have my physical box, <laughs> my instruction manual. Of course, none of the games nowadays come with instruction manuals, you know. The game disc on there, and you'd be able to fire that up and play. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see the future of gaming and streaming. So I don't know <laughs> how all of this is going to play out, but you know, hopefully it's done in a way that is mindful of our ownership of it. For sure. Oh, it won't be. It won't be. Uh, <laughs> they've already told us it's not going to be. <laughs> yeah, they they don't give well, a damn about your ownership. That, well, that that is made crystal clear by well, all these companies. But yeah, uh, well, I'm I'm more looking forward to the next set of consoles. You know, it's been yeah. rumored right now that Xbox has like kind of two versions of their next console. A um, basically a high-powered box and then a streaming box on there and so we'll have to see how that plays out i don't know what playstation's going to do if they're going to evolve their playstation now service on there only rumors we heard about playstation 5 is that it's going to be work uh have patents as far as being backwards compatible with every playstation platform so that's going to be exciting coming up but uh and then Nintendo, we'll have to see what Nintendo does in this space. And, you know, Nintendo is not going to be the technological barons to uh, create their own streaming service by any means. They're <laughs> smart about that life. <laughs> so I don't know whether they will eventually partner up with someone or decide just to do their own thing like they have been. And God forbid, if they decide to keep doing their own thing, God bless them. I could tell you that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, folks, why don't you let us know what your opinions are on this quote-unquote future of gaming? Uh, is the streaming method for you? Is the are you old school like most of us here, or like all of us here, and want to own it either digitally or physically? Uh, how are you? How do you feel about being dependent on your ISP 
for your gaming experience as a whole. So why don't you hit us up at gamingvessels at gmail.com. Let us know your let us know your, your opinions, your feelings on the subject. Uh, you can all you can also hit us up at our um, respective Twitter accounts, which we, which we will uh, get into towards the end of the show. Uh, but for right now, we're going to jump into our news line, and uh, we've got some a lot of game, a lot of interesting game releases, game announcements, possible uh, Switch updates. Uh, and we're going to Jader Joe's going to introduce those articles to us right now. All right. First off, since we're talking about uh, the whole uh, digital future on that, uh, Xbox One S has uh, not been announced yet, but is reportedly going to be out on May the seventh. On their Windows Central has obtained documents that indicate this is the launch date. Uh, they have uh, leaked box art images that they have recreated. So <laughs> they have taken the time to actually recreate a box art, which is available on the website just in case you want to check it out. But it's going to be announced uh, mid-April. So you're probably looking at the next couple of weeks. We're going to see more information about it. But it's going to be a one terabyte Xbox One S without a disk drive included. And it's going to include codes for... Uh, Forza Horizon 3, Sea of Thieves, and Minecraft on there. So, And uh, they are also going to be crea- uh, op- rumored to be creating an option to ship this discless console with the games pre-installed on there. So you, so you could be able to pick the games you want installed before the console arrives at your doorstep on there. So, And obviously it's going to come with a subscription to Xbox Games Pass as well on that. So... And uh, Microsoft, of course, so we kind of alluded earlier, they're working on an xCloud gaming streaming service that will stream games to PC, consoles, and mobile devices on there. So I'll have to see once this comes out how successful it is. I know it was kind of rumored about if you do uh, select this platform, whether you're able to get codes for the Xbox One discs that you own or not. We'll have to see if that comes to fruition or not. Any opinions, gentlemen, regarding this uh, discless Xbox One S? Yeah, I'm not going to buy it. I have no desire for anything. <laughs> oh, like it's that. it's not for me either. I mean, but uh, I have no opinion yeah. about it. I think um, for people who are early adopters who want to see what that looks like, I think it's um, a test. I think they're testing uh, it. Um, yeah. Have they got a price on it yet? No price yet. See. Yeah. It's got to be like if it was like ninety dollars or something. <laughs> ninety dollars, yeah, I, mean, I doubt maybe, that. <laughs> but I ain't trying to spend, you know, two hundred dollars well, on some streaming thing. Box, yeah, yeah. no, no. Um, I would. Nope. You have a guess, Kevin, as far as the suggested retail price. We're playing prices right right now. So. I'm if if it's under if if it's not under two hundred dollars, it's a fail. Yep. Oh no, I think it's under two hundred dollars. Yeah, it's got to be sure. under two hundred dollars. Um, my, my guess is one forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, one, I was one twenty nine ninety nine fifty. Yeah, one twenty nine maybe one forty nine probably. One ninety nine. But if it's if yeah. it's one ninety nine, they could go die in a fire. You could get an Xbox One S with the disc drive for one ninety nine with a bunch of stuff, you know, with the games added on and so forth. Yeah. Well, it's it's got to be one fifty. One fifty. I think definitely I think. under two hundred. 
I think it's gonna be one ninety nine ninety nine. You think it's one ninety nine ninety nine? Yeah. Of course, I know. I probably would. And I'm gonna be saying you are out wrong. of your mind <laughs> cheap. <laughs> I'm gonna be saying you are out of your mind. Yeah, I, I even know what the Xbox One S goes for nowadays. I know it goes on sale for a certain amount of price, but yeah, I guess uh, the standard retail price for an Xbox One S, uh, one terabyte, is actually two ninety nine ninety nine. So I think we're uh, kind of biting off more we could chew. Obviously, there's a lot of promotions uh, for those mm-hmm. platforms because you could commonly get it on sale for two forty nine, but. Only thing that sticks out to me is during Black Friday, where you see all these consoles for like a two hundred bucks on there. So, and I, I'm not even sure of the standard price for these consoles, but you know, I, I could probably see when pigs fly to have it for one forty nine. Now I think about it, it's probably going to retail for one ninety nine ninety nine with severe discounts down to one forty nine as needed. Which to me, eh. yeah, so that that for that it was what's the point. You yeah, know, and, and the thing the thing is, is that you know if maybe the the idea of the uh, and I think I think Des, you're 100 percent right. I think this is a test box for what they for an aspect of their next gen console, uh, and they're they're seeing how well this is received. I guess I I. I suppose I can see, you know, you're sending your kid off to college with a with an Xbox One sad. And, and, and I mean, they, they really should think about these these acronyms that are going to inherently come from this. Uh, I mean, Xbox, yeah, Xbox One, that's all digital. Yeah, Xbox One sad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but I can I can see, you know, you're sending your kid, you're, you're sending your kid off to college and maybe he doesn't want to bring his Xbox One X, uh, and sending him off to college, and you know, send him off with this uh, all digital uh, con- uh, game or console, and his Game Pass and a subscription, and call it a day. So you know, so he'll have something to play while he's away, or she's away. Uh, so I can definitely see that. I also see this as something for folks who don't want to jump whole hog into a one X and are maybe coming from PC only folks or PlayStation only folks or Nintendo only folks. And well, let me see what this Xbox or, you know, what life on the Xbox side of things is going to be. And instead of jumping in with a full console, you know, jumping in with this and trying out Games Pass. But again, with the promotions that they're doing on the traditional console, you know, if this thing is doesn't come in at a super low price, what's the point? And to yeah. that end, Des, I think you're right. If that is not the case and it's coming in at $199.99, <laughs> then we know... <laughs> That this is just a test box for an aspect of their next gen console, and, and re- nothing- it reminds me of PSP Go, and I love the PSP Go as a form factor, but for me not to be able to <laughs> put my physical PSP games on that damn thing, I'm I'm grateful that that system was hacked the hell back to be able to get all my games on that thing on there, but. Uh, you know, this thing's rumored just to be looks look, looks exactly like an Xbox One S without the with the slot to put the disc in and not be able to play your movies on this damn thing. 
<sighs> don't know about all yeah, that. Yeah, I'm mad about so. it. <laughs> <laughs> don't know all about that business. So, I mean, good luck with it, but I ain't going to buy it. Nope. Well, there is another system that did get announced or at least revealed a little bit more over the, this past weekend on there. Uh, the Sega Genesis Mini, Mega Drive Mini, uh, they were working on this. Uh, Sega was going to release this last year, but they kicked the can uh, and will be coming out in North America in September 2019 on there. So um, they uh, basically are going to, going to have it retail for $80. It's going to include 40 games on it. And uh, the thing that will make this better than the PlayStation uh, Classic that just came out is that they are actually taking their time in developing this thing properly. So the um, Japanese studio M2 is actually working on the emulation on this. And so if you're not familiar with M2 at all, they are basically top tier as far as releasing um, ports of arcade games and uh, previous console games. They are uh, the best on there. And then they did announce that uh, Yuzo Kashiro, the uh, composer of Streets of Rage, uh, Ack Razor and a number of different games is actually working on composing the uh, the HUD music, the uh, uh, interface music for the game, and so they're definitely adding that extra, um, you know, talking points and extra love baked into this thing on that. So, and the uh, uh, system will come with a one six button Genesis controller, I believe, and I know at least in Japan they had another price skew where you have two controllers on that but as far as the games that are coming with it on launch at least the 10 games that were announced uh, echo the dolphin castlevania bloodline space harrier 2 shining force dr robotnik's mean beam machine 2 jam and oral comic zone sonic the hedgehog altered beast gunstar heroes on there so that's where we're starting out at least with the first 10 games for the system they got 30 other games to go on this, um, I am a big Genesis fan. I've owned one since launch back in 1989. Uh, I recall, you know, this is my first year working. I had lots of disposable cash. I was living with my parents still. I was 19 years old when this thing came out. And literally, the day it came out, I went and bought this thing. And so I have uh, much memories of the Sega Genesis. I've been a big Sega fan. Um, was a big fan of the Master System. I'm probably one of the only few folk that actually owned the Master System with all the NES business. You know, NES being so popular. At I that had a Master System time. too. On there, so my mom got it for system? me. Right on. Was, I don't know why. She was just like, "We're gonna buy you this one instead," and I was like, "Okay." She's like, <laughs> "I don't know why." Seriously, I, I could have got the NES, but I got a Master System instead. So I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I got an NES at first, and I said, I wanted to see what the Master System was about. So I sold my NES, got a Master System, and then at that point, after owning the Master System, I, at, at that point, I decided, okay, I'm going to own both systems. So I went ahead and bought an NES and had a Master System at the same time. That's what uh, kind of started this whole business of owning more than one platform, which at that time seemed kind of strange on there to be able to own more than at least uh, the same platform, you know, you, you stuck with one platform and you basically stuck to it, you know, so on it. So any interest guys in this, uh, Genesis mini? 
I never had a Genesis, so I'm de- uh, a lo- some of those games. Um, a lot of them I played on other on other platforms, like either PlayStation Three, you know, through their 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 uh, they they had a, a number of Sega of uh, Sega games on there, um, but yeah, a lot of these like I never played Castlevania Bloodlines, uh, Space Harrier Two. I played in the arcade, but you know, never the the home version of that. Uh, Bean Machine never played that. So uh, there's there's definitely cool. some. Yeah, that's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, there's definitely some content that I missed out on, and. Uh, so I'm assuming that because there's another Genesis uh, retro system that's coming out. I'm assuming this one is the one to buy because the other one, I can't remember who's putting it out. Everybody was saying it's going to be trash. So uh, I'm assuming that this is the one that we have to look out for. And it's going to be called the Mini Mega Drive or the Genesis Mini or yeah, the Genesis- Mega Drive Mini. Mega Drive okay. Mini. The, That's Mega the Drive. Japanese version, right? The Mega yeah, Drive. It, yeah, it was called the Mega Drive, Mega Drive in, in Japan. Japan and also in Europe. So they're getting, getting the Mega Drive Mini uh, in Europe and also in, in right. Japan on there. But basically, it's the same system. Now, um, before Sega licensed their um, uh, Genesis console to this company called At Games, which is kind of a horrible company, and they've been releasing these Genesis flashback systems for like the last 10 years. There was one that just came out last year, that HDMI out, that's still trash on there. The NASA system you might be been thinking of. Oh, okay. There, so, All right. On there. So yeah, the anything that's currently in stock and sold at the you know Walmart, Target, or whatnot. Any Genesis flashback systems, they are uh, not good at all. In fact, they have some games curated on there that are old games that not, were not even released when the systems were out. <laughs> that were like, you know, I think like uh, just like mom and pop, like Bible games and <laughs> some other odd, odds and ends that were actually thrown onto there on top. And so mm-hmm. whatever Sega was doing with that, it was originally supposed to be this mini was supposed to go with at games. And then they decided to just take this bad boy in house and, have M2 do the emulation. So M2 was the company that Sega worked with previously with all the like the 3D remasters that came out for the 3DS mm-hmm. on there. And they uh, brought out also the, um, there was a Sega Classics that came out for PS2 in Japan on there as well. M2 is also responsible for the uh, Neo Geo station that was on PS3, if you remember okay. that, Kevin. So they, that they was were the an ones. awesome app. Yeah, they yeah. curated that. There was that was their own own thing on there. So, so probably M2, the most underappreciated, underused uh, uh, Neo Geo app or, or at gaming retro gaming app uh, at that time. Uh, it was I, I thought that should have been the go to way to release all of those Neo Geo games. I wish there was a PS4 version of that too. Yeah, and I think our version of the system with the seventy nine ninety nine price tag will actually have two controllers in it okay. on there as well. And also, too, there will be an option with these games to play all the different versions, including the Japanese versions as well. So oh, that's neat. That's an option that they now uh, allowed for the Sega Classics collection that's come out for Switch. Uh, M2 is also developing those like there. I know that the Fantasy Star... 
re-release for the first game on Master System had options where you could, you know, play the game in its original Japanese. Uh, Master System also had a different sound chip in Japan, so they had both the version for Master System US and Master System Japan as far as the music is concerned. And they uh, also, with that particular release, added like different instances where they made the gameplay a little bit better. They had auto-mapping with the dungeons on there along with other things, and that's all done by M2. So I'm kind of curious to see what M2 is going to bake into the um, OS on this thing, yeah. whether each game is going to get that love and care, possibly. We'll have to right. see. So that's how you do a retro system. Take notes, Sony. For sure. On there. Also, packs that just passed right now going on this weekend, but uh, uh, Borderlands Gearbox had a rough, I guess, little keynote <laughs> on there. So I didn't get a chance to watch. I know, Ke- um, Desmond, you had a chance to watch it. And I know, Kevin, you watched it as well. How bad was their um, presentation on this? Uh... So. I felt sorry for those guys. <laughs> I really did. I think some of it was some of it was was their own design, just because they're just really bad at it. And then another thing was was just the equipment itself. There was two main things that 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 happened. You know, it was just maybe they're not very good um, presenters, and these people maybe they're not presenters. I don't know, but I was just like, oof, it was. It was pretty rough. It was pretty rough. Uh, that magic trick that what's his name did. I was like, "What are you doing?" Like, Randy Pitchford. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "I don't need your magic trick." And I get it. Like you're you're you want to be a um 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 you you like magic tricks or whatever. But I was like, this is not the place for that. So yeah, I was <laughs> I was just kind of like, uh. and then the uh, the the um. The not the uh, the video quality. I guess the video kept stuttering, and it was just just a bad. It was just a bad scene. I felt really bad for them. Uh, well, for at least for me, I didn't get to watch all of the presentation. I just watched the trailer, and so the trailer itself uh, just kind of introduced um, the third rendition of Borderlands, and so it looks good. But we're going to get more information about it on April fourth, including platforms, release date, so on and so forth on that April 3rd on there. So it's going to be um, unveiled on their official website on that. So, and uh, watching the trailer, of course, uh, I've loved the Borderlands series previously. Um, it looks like I would hate to say it's not more of the same, but more of the same, but prettier, I would say <laughs> probably, but you know, the proof's in the pudding and maybe be able to play the game at itself properly on there. So, I'm I'm excited. I'm definitely going to be playing this both on PC and also on a console of my choice on there. What about you, gentlemen? Uh, I'll be playing it. Yeah, I, I I enjoy it. I mean, I've enjoyed it in the past, so you know. So I I definitely will most most likely be 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 playing it. I mean, it seems like it's. I mean, it looks fun. It looks like Borderlands. I mean. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah, not really. I mean, it looks like Borderlands. It talks like Borderlands. You know. <laughs> Walks like a book. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm probably going to, you know, I'm probably going to play it as well. Uh, you have any interest, Kev? Um, I tried one of the first Borderlands, and it, it, it just didn't stick with me for whatever reason. Hmm. Um. I'll I'll I might take a look at three 
and see whatever whatever and I can't put my my finger on what it was that just wasn't working for me it it, it might have been the shooting um because that by the time I, by the time I got around to playing the first uh Borderlands the first Destiny had already come out mm. uh and that just that just spoiled me on sh- on shooting games in general so Maybe I didn't felt that the shooting was as responsive or as uh, engrossing as Destiny, and that's probably that might have been what turned me off. So uh, I'll take another look at uh, three, and I know they they had mentioned some quality of life changes as well as two graphic updates for the first two games. So uh, I might take a look at that again and see if 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 that can draw me into that series. Uh, but the first time around, I, for whatever reason, I, I couldn't get, I couldn't get into it, but I'll see what, what the remix brings me. Okay. Well, since you spoke of it, uh, that's another point I was going to mention. Uh, they are releasing borderlands one in which they're calling the game of the year edition for uh, Xbox one. Uh, PS4 and also for PC, of course. PC, if you already own the Plain Jane Vanilla Borderlands 1, that will be a free upgrade for the owners of that game on there. If you do want to play it on your PlayStation 4 or Xbox One, you can buy it digitally, of course, for 30 bucks. If you do want a disc in a box, it's exclusive to GameStop and will be available on April the 3rd on there. This is coming up on Wednesday, next Wednesday of next week. On that, so they also have a 4K update for the Handsome Collection, which will be free of charge. Will be out for Xbox One X, PS4 Pro, and PC as well. So, on there. So, on there. So, I'm I'm definitely excited to even go back into Borderlands One. I never finished Borderlands One on there. I kind of dabbled with it a little bit, and so um, I'll definitely be checking down the PC side, and I'll possibly on the console as well. On there, I just I have to try to find to add this to the mix of all these other looter shooters there in my <laughs> current playlist on there. So I'll have to see how that goes on there. And then also at PAX too, um, they had a big booth. SNK has a big booth showing Samurai Showdown on there. So they still have confirmed the game to be coming out this June for PS4 and Xbox One. The Switch and PC Steam versions of the game will be launching a little bit later in the last quarter of 2019. On there, I know they had 48 minutes of like coverage out there on uh, certain websites on there. And what's your guys' impression? I haven't had a chance to watch any of the footage yet. I already know I'm in day one because I'm a big Samurai Showdown fan. But uh, how did yeah. it look? I liked it. Um, I I liked. It. I was a little bit worried when the announcement of uh, Samurai Showdown first hit, which was that two years ago. Or was it last year? It was in one of the Evos, I think. I'm, I'm, I might be, I might be wrong. But um, when it was first announced, um, I was a little bit concerned because of the graphic style that SNK decided to go with 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 their uh, King of Fighters. Uh, what was that? 15, 14? not uh, 14. 14, 14. Yeah, King of Fighters yeah. 14. And the the I I just couldn't I just couldn't get into get into that. Um, but 
this looks like a like a Japanese wall scroll in motion. Um, it's just absolutely gorgeous. So I like what they're doing with it. Um, I've been watching some YouTube videos, um, uh, particularly like Maximilian Dude. He's like this uh, really big YouTube fighting game YouTuber. And uh, he had a chance to play it. And I liked what he had to say about it because he said it's the best of Samurai Showdown 2. So it's not a whole lot of combos. It's hard-hitting normals and footsies. And that's what I remember from Samurai Showdown 2. And that's what I would want in this one as well. That's, that's, my, that's my Samurai Showdown. It, I mean, the ones that came after that were good. Some of them were better than others. Yeah. Uh, but when they started implementing that combo system, it was like, eh. Just, just give me the, uh, the, the gameplay of two. And it looks like that's what they're aiming for with this one. So I'm in day one as well. Yeah, they're going to have a live stream on April 4th, though, that will go into more details, including, I'm assuming, a final release date on there for this thing. Or I'm still not sure who's publishing it. You know, SNK usually goes through Atlas to publish their games, at least in the West here, on there. So I'm assuming it's coming from uh, the same folks at Atlas, which is basically Sega, you know, when you think about it on there. So. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I know this was one of the games that was selected to be up on the Evo stage coming in August mm-hmm. on there, which hopefully I will be at. I already got the travel arrangements tentatively arranged on there. So I'll be at Evo for my birthday. It'll be good times on that. So, so we'll have to see about that. So, but I'm definitely Ooh, excited. Birthday Evo. Birthday Evo indeed. On there. So, other news though, um, Nintendo also had their little Nindie showcase uh, that came out last couple weeks. Uh, big news that came out is that Microsoft is bringing Cuphead to the Switch on there. Um, basically, that uh, that's being uh, brought forth by their friends at Microsoft. We need to talk about that. How <laughs> Nintendo and Microsoft have formed this alliance, so to speak. Like, I mean, I think it's kind of cool, but, you know, maybe this is how, maybe this is how Nintendo's going to get a streaming service. Possibly. (laughs) You know, I mean, I'm just saying this could be an interesting, an interesting thing. You know, if they, if they're sitting here making all kinds of, you know, uh, sweetheart deals with their buddy Microsoft, is this is this what's going to happen? Microsoft is going to start their gaming soft their gaming service or their their their, their online service, and then we're going to start getting seeing Nintendo games through Microsoft. Mm? More like as it, oh, go ahead. Uh, it's it's been long rumored that uh, I'm just they're going to bring uh, Xbox games past and X Cloud over to the Switch. So, but I was just like. Mm? <laughs> we'll have to see maybe maybe Nintendo games will be on the sex cloud service you never know so you never, uh, never know as it looks like right now um, Nintendo's pimping Microsoft in this uh, <laughs> and that I, I mean that's the only way I can I can look at it what is the Xbox gamer going to get out of this are they getting Mario as of right now 
are they getting Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, Yoshi's Island? Are they even getting Nintendo retro games like from 8-bit, 16-bit? They're not getting any of that. It, it, it and you know, this is the the, the thing that the, my has been my problem with Microsoft since they want to be everywhere, do everything. The Xbox gamer, the Xbox console gamer, is getting smacked in the face by still having to pay for Xbox Live and and not getting anything in return out of this deal. Um, so, okay, yeah, great. We can play Cuphead and most likely we'll be able to play Ori and all these games, which will probably sell better on that platform. But Nintendo ain't giving up their first party stuff. That's, like, that's, that's I don't happen. see that happening you think at it's all. Happen? I don't, I don't see that happening at all because Microsoft's already said, we don't care where you play our games. Just, just please play them. Um, <laughs> And Nintendo's like, all right, cool. We'll take that. You want to give us X Cloud? Cool. We'll take now. Nah, you ain't getting Mario. Get out of here. No. <laughs> and the Xbox gamer is the one left with nothing really to show for it. And that that's kind of like, you know, PC don't pay for Xbox Live. You know they Nintendo people ain't gonna pay for 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 no kind of live. Everything no. that Nintendo, everything that Microsoft is doing, is being subsidized by the paying Xbox console gamer. And you know, as of right now, that's me too, because I I I bought a year of Xbox Live uh, when it was on sale during Black Friday. Uh, I'm I'm still. Uh, I, I have. Uh, I'm still working on that two months of Game Pass. It's coming up soon. There are a couple of games that I might extend my Game Pass over. You know, for we can for us to play uh, uh, multiplayer with um, uh, that that mummy one, that multiplayer mummy one that that came oh, out. Uh, that Strange Brigade. Nobody bought Strange Brigade. <laughs> yeah, that's bought. on. That well, nobody did buy. That's why it's on Game Pass. <laughs> Kevin's over here, savage. Uh, just, <laughs> but uh, you know, but we're fitting the bill for Microsoft to to hand out hand out these all their content like lunch tickets at a at a at an elementary school cafeteria, and those that are the people that are their core, their console customer, are fitting the bill for all this, and at some point. You know the 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 Xbox console consumer is going to have to say no. We need something in return with this, and I don't know when that I don't know when that's going to happen. I mean, I don't look at the the Xbox is not my primary console, and I got the thing for free. So I my my you know my. Interest in or my how how deep in the in the weeds I'm in is minimal. It's very minimal, but those who are who are riding with this console have been riding with this console um, from, since the beginning of this generation are really kind of getting popped in the face when you stop and think about it, because they're not getting anything out of this Nintendo deal as it stands right now. So. 
you know, hopefully Uncle Phil has got something in the plans to make it worthwhile for the for the Xbox consumer. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't see Nintendo giving up Mario to anybody, any any other platform other than themselves. There you you know, go, I know they did, they did Mario Run on on mobile. I know that, but Mario Run is not Mario. I, I'm sorry, it's not. You know, so we'll see. But <laughs> right well, now, just kind of pimping Microsoft. Well, Same. other games announced in the Nindies um, presentation. My friend Pedro from uh, Devolver Digital was. Uh, given a release date of June 2019, I don't know if you guys saw this game or not. There's like some crazy uh, bullet time type of gameplay on there. So I know, I know they've been working on that game at least for a while on there. They have an Iditarod game <laughs> called The Red Lantern on there uh, that is being worked on by a indie studio called Timberline Studios, of course. Uh, one that caught my eye was Katana Zero, which is being released by Devolver on there. It's uh, being developed by this uh, company called AsciiSoft on there. So I saw that. That looks very interesting too. To me yeah, as it's well. all all 16-bit, 8-bit style uh, samurai platforming action. Uh, there is a post-post-apocalyptic procedurally generated game from Double Fine called Rad on there. That's a 3D action roguelike. Um, game that was announced on that. I know some people were talking about that at PAX this weekend, PAX East. Uh, there's this game called Blood Roots uh, that I saw the trailer for that's being uh, released in summer 2019 on there. Definitely looks like another Hotline Miami <laughs> takeoff on there where it's basically combos and, and killing people left and right on there and even lopping people with a, with a carrot <laughs> on there. So <laughs> On there, it actually looks pretty cool. I've been uh, checking out some of the footage on that one. So, and then also too, um, they also had a shadow drop for Blaster Master Zero Two, uh, which was launched day and date. Stranger Things Three, the game, which is very much 16-bit inspired. I am not a Stranger Things fan per se, but the game looks still pretty cool. And then. Cadence of Hyrule, which is done by the developer of Crypt of the Necromancer. So imagine playing Legend of Zelda with some rhythm action going on on there. I think in a way that's like uh, Nintendo's openness to let a indie developer have the Zelda license to be able to develop a game. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. So, but uh, you know, it's coming the Desmond before we start recording the show that, you know, I, I kind of been sleeping on the Switch a bit. I haven't really played my Switch as much. And you know, Nintendo, for whatever reason, out of the three major console platformer uh, you know, title holders, have been curating um, their indie titles and having a nice platform for people to get excited for certain games to come out. And so... Um, I'm going to give my Switch some more love. That's going to be more for these indie titles and whatever Nintendo releases on there. I'm not a big fan of like, okay, yeah, we could get Wolfenstein 2 on the Switch like nine months later with lower graphical fidelity. It's like <laughs> I'm not into that <laughs> business. I don't care about taking it on the go on there. So, which we'll probably mention my next news story talking about the Switch is that uh, there's rumors from the Wall Street Journal from a... Uh, a reputable source that there is going to be two separate new switch 
uh, consoles coming out. There is going to be a um, HD um, high-powered switch that is going to be worked on on there. A high-spec model is probably going to have a, probably a screen with a bigger with a lesser of a bezel on there is what they're stating but it's not going to be as powerful as playstation 4 pro or xbox one s on there um they also have a smaller it's cheaper switch on there that's going to be reported it'll be smaller and less powerful than the original nintendo switch uh they stated that the cheaper model shape is very surprising and you'll be wrong to think it looks like a portable console like a PlayStation Vita on there. So, and so this is being rumored by wall street journal reporter Takahashi Mochizuki on there. And that uh, basically that uh, he was sourcing this story out with Chinese suppliers that saying that Nintendo are working on two separate platforms or two separate reiterations of the switch. I don't want that. (laughs) You don't want that. I do not want that. I'm trying very hard. Like Nintendo, please just give us some. Just please give us some quality games, my friend. I don't need. <laughs> I don't. I just. I'm just like Nintendo. Stop. Just. Just stop. Please. I've been. I've been clamoring. Like you know, you've heard <sighs> me on this show. I want. I want a smaller, more portable Switch to d- take no, on the go. No. No, I'm not trying to take my Switch anywhere. Sorry. You know, it just. Like, are they trying to just? Make it like because you know they're gonna phase out the um original switch. Well, no, they're they're, they're gonna phase the out DS, the, the DS. Oh, DS is gone, yeah. 3DS yeah, is so it's just gonna dust. be the switch thing. And I get it, I get what they're trying to do. Don't get yeah. me wrong, I get what I, they're trying to do, but just stop, just stop, please stop. You know, just <laughs> uh, I just I, I don't know. You're not the big fan of the new Nintendo 3DS then and all these other like little modified platforms they've released no. and kind of tried to... No. No. I'm just... Just stop. Just please <laughs> stop. Well, here's the thing, though. If at, at least... Well, I think they probably should have... They should do this across the board. But they've got to make DS cartridges compatible with this. That that's got to be a given. Oh yeah, definitely. If they're going to if they're going to, oh, I think I it should it be across the that. board. Yeah. I think yeah. it should be across the board, but definitely for that portable oriented uh, console. One. The smaller one. Yeah. The smaller one. Yeah. Uh, as for the higher end one, here's the thing. Nintendo has that uses that art style that is not GPU intensive and still looks great. Yeah. So I'm really going to it's going they're really going to have to show me why as someone who uses their Switch as a set-top console why I need to upgrade. Is Smash Brothers going to really look that much better on this on this high-end Switch than it already does? Is Breath of the Wild going to look that much better on this high-end console than it already does? I, I I don't really see that with the current crop of software that's out right now. Now, maybe something like Metroid, the new Metroid that they have uh, taken back to the taken back to the to the drawing board, that could be a great selling point for a high-end Switch. Uh, but for the stuff that's out right now, you know, maybe some of the stuff that's coming, like I'm just thinking about, uh, what's that one game by Platinum Chained or Chains? 
Chain. Astral Chain. Yeah. Uh, maybe that, but as for the stuff that's available right now, I really don't see how a high-end uh, Switch is going to improve the Nintendo experience, and that's what they're really going to have to have to sell. Yeah, but someone that, like you, Kevin, you don't take your Switch on the go. I don't take my Switch on the go. I look at it as I my don't home either. console. You know, people out there take their Switch everywhere. You know, they take it on their airport, take it uh, down to the you know, bus station, they take it on the go with them to play their games on the go. And I'm thinking this new HD Switch is going to be uh, quality of life features for that. You know, better Joy-Cons, um, thinner bezel on there. And we'll have to see whether it has more juice underneath the hood to be able to play these games at a higher fidelity or not. It's not going to affect me any because, like I said, I use my Switch as a home device. I don't take it on the go. It's too big <laughs> as it is, in my opinion. So, And so I don't know on that end, on the HD and what they're going to do to sell me to get into this thing and whether they bring out like xenoblade chronicles x for the switch but it only runs on the new switch you know whether they pull that crap again you know um if they do i i don't see that price of entry probably to buy an entire new switch for probably around 349 399 i don't think that's going to sell me to pick up a hd switch or a higher developed switch if they phase out the original switch and this is the replacement for it and then just that that is the way it rolls but if there's three different SKUs for this thing hells didn't know mm. on there so they should this hd improved switch should replace the one that's in the market now and then they'll have their portable or cheaper switch out there for people that want to play animal crossing and pokemon i mean didn't there. they already do this with the wii and the wii u like did we already see this Mm, Wii U was an entirely new system, and that's where the confusion got on there. So, so. no, it's, it's the exact same thing, Joe. Come on, I'm, I, I'm no. All they did was was introduce the Wii U with better graphics. It, they, they called you got it a, a tablet. New, yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they called it a new system, but that was not a new system. No, it wasn't. Not really. I mean, I mean it shared had backwards compatibility with with the Wii on. with the same bar in front and the whole that all that. So. So it, I, I would want them to approach it like a new Nintendo 3DS. And, you know, when that came out, obviously it ran the games better uh, portably. You know, obviously there was little to no games coming out strictly for the new system. It was basically just better performance on this particular console. So um, I'm assuming it's going to be the same thing. I don't think they would want to release a new platform in of itself by itself. I think it's just like... a ps4 pro ps4 xbox one x xbox one situation so to me if they release an entirely new system i think it's a new switch model so yeah i don't think they want to fragment their customer base that way this soon that's that'd be a bad move for sure agreed all right and then playstation also had a little uh uh, little Nintendo type direct. They had, they call it their state of play, and so they had a nice little twenty minute live stream on there. Uh, not much came out of it though. They just revealed a few odds and ends. Of course, a lot of VR announcements. Of course, they do have an Iron Man VR game uh, being developed by Camouflage on there, which is uh, a developer that has worked on previously. At least the director has worked on Metal Gear Solid before. Also on Halo 5. 
on there. Um, also, they uh, revealed more news about Days Gone, uh, Concrete Genie, which is, has a fall release date and also has a VR segment on there. Um, the VR game Blood and Truth got a trailer, which will be out in May. On that, that's the game that was inspired by the um, PlayStation VR demo, where you know you're doing a lot of uh, gangstering and that kind of thing. I forgot the name of the. Um, it's on the PlayStation VR demo disc uh, that this game has kind of evolved from. On that, so also they had a little blurb about the No Man's Sky having a VR section with its next update coming out over the summer. On that, so. Um, that was pretty much it. I mean, as a delivery, I thought it was okay as far as the um, state of play, live, you know, live stream. But I wish they had more to come out with. I know people's expectations were pretty high since uh, you know Sony's not going to be at E3. But if they do these on the regular, I just hope they have more announcements to throw in here and then make it a little bit more exciting. I know, I know some people were complaining that there was no one announcer <laughs> to open the show. It was just this one narrator, basically, that presented these things throughout the live stream on there. Did you guys have any opinion about the state of play live stream? you think you like the way Sony's going with this? I thought it was boring. Like, nothing really nothing really excited me for it. And just VR does not, does not grab me. Um, so had they segmented it out a little bit? I mean, I get why they did it. By sprinkling in everything, that way there is no one one thing where you can just be like, okay, this is the VR. Oh, let's skip all that. You know, I, I get it. You know, they they so it's very clever on them to 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 do that. But overall, I was just like, it was just a meh for me. Like, I, yeah, they I, did have a couple of indie titles that got announced, which I don't even have in the outline. So, I mean, I don't even remember what it was until it got on the street. It looked like a cool little, like. Uh, it was like a um, dungeon crawler, but you were able to compete with a couple other players at the same time. And I even forgot the name of it to tell you God's honest truth. There's so much to keep in track of. Uh, I was man. really sad about that Iron Man trailer being in VR because I was like, oh, sweet. We're getting like, you know, a, 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 like a like a, a true blue Avengers. A true, game or no, something. no, no. True blue Iron Man like um, like Spider-Man. Like we got Spider-Man. Could you imagine doing a, an Iron Man version of spider-man that that you could basically build these new custom armor to fight you know villains and stuff like i would love to do like an armor wars uh you know iron man armor wars game that'd be amazing and like and the whole thing is you have to go and steal back your um steal back all your stolen tech and you have to like it have it be sort of like a uh, like a like a, like a Mega Man type of thing. So basically, you know, you know, it's like you know, Titanium Man has has something that you need, and then when you get it, you build up a new armor, or you could you can augment your armor to fight these different people. Like, damn, I was just like, yeah, they're gonna do it. VR, womp womp, and I was like, all right, whatever. exactly. But you know, here here's the thing, though. Um, Honestly, I didn't see a whole lot that that intrigued me either. But I'll give I'll give this two two things. Number one, I like the pacing. It was just game after game after game after game after game. Uh, it was down to about fifteen. What was it? Fifteen minutes? Twenty minutes? It was twenty minutes. Yeah, twenty minutes. Yeah, I like that. Um, these and number three, 
it's like I don't, you know, they kind of sort of told you what they were going to talk about when they first started talking about their state of play. You know, people were expecting to hear, you know, Last of Us 2 release date, <laughs> Last of Us 2 gameplay footage. They're not going to give that to you in this. It, 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 I'm sorry, that's that's not going to happen. When they've, they've already told you that they have other large events planned outside of E3 for the heavy hitting information. So that I, I really wasn't surprised about. The if I was a VR customer, I would be hyped about this because it shows that there is some legitimate support, some real That's support true. for this uh, peripheral that unfortunately the Vita didn't get. <laughs> um, Poor Vita. Yeah, so you know they draw, you know they they kind of bombed Vita out of existence, uh, but VR on the other hand seems to be alive and well everything i've read sony is like the number one vr uh, peripheral company out there uh even though it has the weakest hardware it's the most consumer friendly as far as price i think they're i think uh now that they're like the, i think the the uh uh what was that with that one that's not an htc yeah, there, there's a that the uh, yeah those two have come down sig- somewhat significantly in price, but those two are also getting ready to release their next generation VR headsets, which are going to be you know a lot more expensive. So um, yeah, I, I think I think if I was a VR customer, I would be a lot more excited about this state of play than I was. But I'll give them props for keeping it you know short. Just give me game after game after game. I like the pacing. I liked the the flow of the show, but um, yeah, for me personally, I didn't see a whole lot outside of the known quantity of uh, Days Gone uh, that that I was you know that I was already hyped for, and I'm picking up day one. You know, I think you know they could have. Uh, I understand why it was in there, but they could have put something else in its stead. I definitely yeah. agree with that. But the Mortal um, Kombat footage, I mean, eh, yeah, I didn't no. need Mortal Kombat footage. Definitely, Mortal Kombat could have taken a back seat to something else. Yeah, something uh, new, you know. Yeah. The indie game that I was speaking of earlier is called Ready Set Heroes, which looks kind of cool, but I'm not even sure if I'm going to buy it day one or not. So, but that's launching first on PlayStation. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, but and another thing. I hope they don't. I hope they don't stick to every month. We have this coming. Uh, I want it to be where if we have something to show, uh, something that's going to highlight maybe some of those smaller titles like Concrete. Well, Concrete Genie, I'm definitely very much interested in as well. Um, if they're going to show us stuff like that, don't have it be on a regular, you know like clockwork uh where you have a lesser like uh, the show has to flow like this one did yeah whether you know whether you like the content in it or not is completely subjective but i think the show needs to flow like this we don't need 
another, you know, inside Xbox that goes for an hour and a half where you're just Agreed. talking about new controllers and nachos and watching some girl play uh, play xCloud that she really wasn't playing and all this other stuff. We don't need all that. I already so, knew it was going to circle back to Major Nelson and like, you know. <laughs> inside xbox so. yeah so yeah as, as long as they can keep as long <laughs> as they can keep that format as it is and not be dependent on that consistent schedule if it if they can't flow like that then i think they're good come on you don't like jeff rubenstein talking about whatever for 45 minutes <laughs> <laughs> come on man we'll, we'll get the playstation media team no. said schumann could fill up like no, two hours no 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 <laughs> I, I don't need to see that <laughs> i really don't all right and then the last news story i have before we close this episode off uh shovel knights yacht club games are publishing a new game and it looks pretty dope it's called cyber shadow on there so it's a one-man developer it's been working on this game for quite a few years on this so it's an 8-bit roots and visual style and difficulty on there but you're using of course modern technology on all the platforms uh that will kind of enhance the visuals and the music and the visuals of this game are pretty dope on there. It's an action platformer. You control a ninja named Shadow who's on a journey in the ruins of Mecha City. On there. So get a chance to check out the trailer, though. They have not announced a release date. It will cost $14.99. It's coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. So every platform gets this wonderful game on there. And this is the first game that they're actually publishing versus developing. On that, if you're not familiar with Yacht Club Games, they are the developers of Shovel Knight on that so so it definitely has their kind of signature on it that it's just a, a love letter to 16-bit 8-bit games on that so you know i make a note of that gentlemen and that is the news for this episode so all righty well thank you for that joe uh the lot of content that we chewed through uh contact you can reach us at gamingvessels at gmail.com. Uh, we are also on Twitter uh, at uh, gamingvessels. Um, I can be reached on Twitter at shownuff71. That's S H O N U double F, the number 71. Uh, PSN, I'm shownuff7, same spelling with the number 7. Xbox and Xbox Live, I'm Shonuff071, same spelling with 071, and uh, Shonuff71 on Steam as well. So, uh, Des, where can the folks reach you at? Well, you can find me on uh, Twitter at the Nemo6, it's number six. Um, you can also find me on uh, ooh, Steam when I play Steam. Uh, as Nemo Six, uh, and you can also find me on PSN and Xbox Live as uh, Nemo Tigger. N E M O T G G R. All right, and Joe, my... where can they reach you? Uh, they can reach me Twitter J O E F O N G U L Joe Fongul. On there, uh, PSN uh, is going to be Kaminagara K A M U N A G A R A. They could also reach me on Xbox Live. Under Mr. Fongul, M R F O N G U L. 
Uh, Steam and Nintendo Network Online is also Kamunagara, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A on there. And then our uh, Gaming Vessels Game Night, co-sponsored by Game Your Husbands <laughs> Radio <laughs> Online, is going to be on Thursdays. Uh, we are going to be playing on PSN on Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern. 6 p.m. Pacific. I'm making a specific point to mention it here because uh, we kind of let game night kind of fall back a bit. It used to be something we used to do with the GHR when both me and Kevin were on GHR, but I'm going to make it more of a regular thing. That way we can connect with you guys out there. And so if you want to play with any of us on any of the platforms we mention, you know, we're out there. Just uh, send us a message. Just let us know that you're enjoying the show. But if you want to get together with us to play Destiny 2 or some other game of your choosing, let us know. We're going to be out there and playing with you guys. So, Absolutely, absolutely. So with that, we're going to bring Season 4, Episode 5 to a close uh, for Des, the Bay Area Terror, and Trader Joe, the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. I'm Shonuff71, and we'll be back next time. Peace.